I wake up at two in the morning to a phone call from a cop. And he goes, just so you know, your tent blew away. It's in the middle of the ocean. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Guys, this was like a disaster. Everything had fallen over. I mean, it was just crazy. And we still were able to get the couple married. Hey ladies, welcome to season three of B3 Podcast, Boss Babies and Bottles. And for those of you that are new here, my name is Jessica with a Y. I'm a twin mom, wedding and event planner, entrepreneur. And for today, your drinking buddy. May that be coffee or wine, depending on the time of day. Here I get real with you and talk about all things mom life, building your business, and event planning. What I've loved most about my first two seasons with you guys is that I've gotten to meet some amazing women and moms that are just like me, just trying to do their best in life. I've also been able to get super real with you all on my life and motherhood in general. So join me this season as I go through the twins' first birthday and what it's like to be a mom of twin free toddlers. I'll also be having some amazing special guests and going through some of my best wedding planning stories too. So grab your favorite bottle or drink and let's get this party started. Hey ladies, welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. Today I'm going to be starting a new part of the season three, which is, and I mentioned this in one of my last episodes, I was going to start this called Memoirs of a Wedding Planner Part One. So this is going to be a little bit about my wedding disaster stories and the things that I encounter as a wedding planner. Uh, Nothing embarrassing, nothing crazy in terms about people, but all about like the things that happen behind the scenes in terms of weddings and um, all the crazy stuff. So I'm excited to do this part for you guys. I'm excited to dive into more of what I do and all about weddings too, because I know you guys always want to know all about the things that we deal with. So I'm going to attempt to skim as lightly as I can over certain topics. (laughs) I put some together, some stories with my team of things that I think are super uh, funny now, not very funny in the moment. One of the good things about how you need to make sure you have a good wedding planner that is never phased. And I would say that that's one thing I always get told, that I never look like I'm phased no matter what's happening. Inside, I'm probably freaking out, uh, but never on the outside. So my first story that I have for you guys, I was actually in a meeting and one of my brides called me and I couldn't answer in the moment, um, but I was literally finishing my meeting. So I called her on the way out and as I'm calling her and she answers, she's like full-blown tears crying. And I'm like, what happened? And she tells me how her venue is closing renovations. And I'm like, what is happening? And this is a very recent story. It's the first story on here. Some of them are much older, but this is very recent, as in like the last few weeks recent, as in we're still dealing with it recent. So I definitely feel bad for this bride. I will, I will try not to say names throughout the part throughout the <laughs> throughout the podcast, even though first names really shouldn't mean too too much. But I'll, I'll I'll try to avoid it. So the venue is closing for renovations, and it was just one of those things. And the crazy part was is that this bride, due to COVID, was supposed to get married last year. So we rescheduled to this year and we rescheduled. And now her, again, her venue was closing for renovation. So she was literally going to have to go through a third planning process. And it happens to be that it happened to two of my brides, both getting married this August. And I hadn't been at this venue for a few, probably like two or three years now. And I was going to be at this venue two times in a row, back to back, literally, the first and second weekend of August. And so two of my brides are now severely affected by this. And I could tell that they hadn't gotten to my second bride yet because my second bride had not called me yet. 
So I texted her and I said, hey, you haven't heard from the Mayfair yet, right? She goes, actually, they called me, but they left me a message and I couldn't answer. I tried calling back, but nobody answered. And I said, oh, when they call you, just, you know, three-way me on the line. But luckily, I was able to get a hold of the hotel before that and figure out what was happening. And, you know, and I think this is something that's crazy, but it happens. Like, these hotels and, and the staff of the hotel doesn't necessarily know when these things are going to happen to them, but they happen. And so my bride was pretty upset, both of them, because they're like, how did nobody know about this? And I'm like, they, they're just employees in a really big ordeal. Like I know that those are the people that we deal with and they're the ones that deal with the day-to-day operations, but they're definitely not the ones behind the scene making all the decisions in terms of the hotels. And I know this because my husband's in, in the hotel industry, so I know all the back stuff, but the reality is that, you know, the employees really don't know. And so... We went on a frenzy, uh, and this is how we solved the problem, right? So that's that's the problem. This was the solution. And so luckily the hotel did have sister hotels, and so they offered us, I think it was three or four different options for the brides to tour and select from. And the worst part about the hotel, guys, was that they literally called the brides and said to the bride, hey, so we're closing for renovations. We already refunded your card yesterday, so it should hit in the next few days. And okay, good luck. Bye. And I was like, you guys can't just like do that, you know? And they were like, well, we figured if we just refunded them already that they would have their money coming to them and they would feel good about it. And I'm like, okay, I kind of could see where that thought process is. But it was just like, it was almost as if like they just did it. Like they just did it. They didn't give anybody any warning. And, and then really, I mean, that feels like you get the rug pulled out from under you. We literally went on a frenzy to find what venues were also in conjunction available for that day gave these brides a few different options. Again, it is for this August, so it's literally a month away, you know, at this point. Well, at that point, was it like two months? Uh, now it's a month away. And so luckily we were, be able, we were able to schedule one of the brides um, and get her just as good of a deal because that hotel was offering, again, these brides signed back in 2019 for their 2020 wedding and now it's 2021. So the pricing has increased already twice. So they had very good pricing and I was able to um, get one of the brides a very good deal, very similar to what she already had at a higher end hotel, which was really nice. And one of my other brides sadly canceled. And so it's sad because, you know, I really was looking forward to her wedding. She was too. Um, but she wasn't from here. She was a destination bride. They had already been married. That Literally, the wedding she was going to do in 2020 was already going to be like her already married. This was like already a renewal of vows because they were already married with kids. But she never had the wedding wedding, so that's what she was doing. And so she kind of just got her money back and, and, and <laughs> called it quits a little early. So sadly, that's what happened. But that's wedding story number one for you. <laughs> wedding story number two. This one is hilarious now, again, looking back. So I was doing this really gorgeous wedding out in Fort Lauderdale Beach. I'm in Lauderdale by the sea. Um, really gorgeous, fancy place. And they have this gorgeous um, open area, tent, like um, or just a gorgeous sand area that we tented, did flooring, had this gorgeous clear top tent with bistro lighting, super magical, right out on the water. I mean, it was beautiful, guys. And we had set it all up the day before because a tent like that, for those of you who do not know, tents like that take anywhere um, that big. It takes about, the little one behind my house took the guys about three hours. A big one like that takes the guys anywhere from six to put something that big up again with lighting and the whole mine and so they did it the day before obviously I had to build all the flooring too which was huge and that takes hours worth of work too and we had all the tables out already so I mean we had not the whole entire setup but 
again, everything that took the hours amount of work was already done from the day before. And so it on purpose again, so that we could come in the next day, just finalize touches, do the florals at the tables, you know, again, just the basic stuff. And so we set it all up. We're excited. We do the whole rehearsal that day. You know, me and the rental team set it up and then I do the rehearsal with the bridal party and the bride and groom. And so then, you know, I go home. Everything's great. I have no problems. I go to sleep. I wake up at two in the morning to a phone call from a cop who says that my tent had flown away. And this was a massive tent. Again, this was a 60 by 60 tent. Like it was huge. And he goes, and he's literally calling me like, he's like, hey, hey, just so you know, your tent like just like flew away. It's in the middle of the ocean. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Mind you, it's two in the morning. I'm like half asleep. I'm like, what, what just happened to the tent? He's like, yeah, it's, it's gone. Like, and I'm like, okay, so what do you, what do you want me to do at, at this time? And he's like, well, I don't know, but I just figured I'd call you and let you know. And I'm like, what are you doing there at two in the morning that you saw this? And I'm like, did you see the tent fly away? He goes, yeah, by the time I got here, the tent was already almost up and off. And like, it literally flew, like, it's literally in the ocean. Like I'm seeing it in the ocean. And I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, that must be a sight to see. And he's like, yeah, I was trying to catch a video of it, but it's too dark. And I was like, oh, okay. In my head, I'm like, I'm glad that, you know, he was trying to at least catch a video of it. We did not sadly get it on video, but there was really nothing I could do at two in the morning. Uh, The tent companies closed. Everyone, I don't even know why I answered the phone. I don't even know now that I think about it, how that cop got my number. Um, must have been listed there so somebody must have given him my number god knows it was like it's again it's a it's a I, I guess at the end of the day he was probably like a cop for the area now that I guess that I think about it but anyway so the tent's like flown away so then at six in the morning you know not that I could sleep much after that because now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get another tent up and still get the rest of my setup going at the same time so I wake up at six and this is again the solution at this point uh, wake up at 6am, call the tent company. They're just as in shock. And they were asking me a ton of questions. And I'm literally, I remember talking to the girl and saying, Christine, does it really matter right now? Like what happened? The fact is that the tent isn't there and we need to get another one because the wedding is today. And you guys need to make sure that you secure this as if you were securing the white house, you know, to the ground. And she was like, yeah, no, 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 of course, you're right, 100%. We'll be out there right now. And I was like, no, you need to get out here faster than like right now. And so they came out. They probably ended up getting out there. Again, we spoke at like 6-ish in the morning. They were probably out there by like 8-ish with a whole brand new tent. And they were done probably more like 2 o'clock at this point because they had to like just re-put that all in, the whole lighting. I mean, everything, guys. This was like a disaster. Everything had fallen over. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, And we still were able to get the couple married at around 4 o'clock-ish, I want to say, because it was a January wedding, so sunsets early, so weddings are typically earlier in that time of the year. And we were able to get them married, and we did everything on time. But let me tell you, that one was definitely one for the books, as you just heard. (laughs) Another story from not too long ago. I'm going back and forth between when they were. But this one was from not too long ago, guys. This beautiful bride, we just got her married at the SLS, and gorgeous, beautiful wedding. Her sister was her maid of honor, her matron of honor, because she was married, had two kids, and the kids were just, and, and again, this is why I always say that kids aren't necessarily a, a like, it's not the wedding isn't a place for kids, that's what I usually say, and it's not. They don't understand the hustle and bustle, they don't understand, like, the getting ready and the photos and the this and the that, it's just not really for them. She didn't have any kids at the wedding. The only kids she had were the family kids, which again were her niece and her nephew. And that day, 
I don't know if the kids just didn't nap or what happened or, you know, they were, and I don't want to say this because this is children or possessed. I don't know what was wrong with these two kids, but they would not leave their mom alone. And the poor mom, which is again, the sister of the bride is trying to help the bride get dressed and take photos of the bride. And these kids are just like not having it. They're not having it. They're yelling. They're screaming for their mom. They're throwing tantrums. I mean, like you name it. Finally, I can't remember, one of the bridesmaids was able to calm down the little girl, but not the little boy. So the little boy, I want to say he's six. The little girl was probably about three or four. So the little boy's like six. He's the ring bearer. He is throwing tantrums. Like, I can't even, I can't even tell you. He's like, he's like going for it here. Okay. He, and and at the SLS, a gorgeous hotel, they have these sliding glass doors into the bedroom, but they're made of mirror. So this little kid is like ramming himself into these mirror glass mirror like sliding doors and I'm holding the door I'm attempting to hold the door like at this point it had been so bad that even the mom and the mother of the of the bride and the mother of the sister like the the mother of the bride and and the actual sister are both looking at me like you do what you have to do you know it's a Hispanic family we all understood each other you know and and the grandmother literally looked at me and she's like I look at the cassette which is do what you have to do, literally in Spanish. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm basically being asked to restrain a child. That is not mine. Literally holding this door with all of my weight closed so that this little boy does not ram himself into... But then I get scared that he's hitting this door so hard that the glass and the mirror is going to break all on top of him and me. And I'm just like, what do I do? So I try to grab him and move him out of the way. That doesn't work. He he kicks, he wiggles, he moves. I'm like, I can't hold this kid. You know, my fanny pack already weighs five pounds and it's hard for me to hold. So like I'm trying to hold this kid. He's like seriously hurting me at this point. So then I'm like, kid, you got to calm down. Like I, And I'm trying to talk to him because at this point I'm like, he's six. Like he has to be able to like see some sort of reason, you know, that his mom is going to be right out. Mind you, this is all happening within minutes. Cause I mean, it's not like the mom was gone that long and like the hair and makeup guy, he's trying to help me to all the bridesmaids at this point are like fed up and have disappeared. And I'm just like, I, we don't even know what to do. And so I was finally able to just kind of hold on to the kid by his arm. Like he 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 ended up getting, I don't know if it was a little tired, but he's like a little tired at this point from his constant yelling, screaming, crying, and pataleta uh, tantrum that he's throwing. So like he's on the floor, I'm holding him by his arm, and my assistants are all just there watching me, by the way. Like I have one inside with the bride. I couldn't even go in there with the bride. I had to be outside with my other assistant. She's watching me, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to do here. So I'm holding the kid by the wrist, and I'm holding him firm enough, but not firm where it would hurt him. I like Again, I, I don't know where the line is, which again is very terrible now that I think about this. I'm like, I'm not even sure I should have been in this position, but these are the things that happen at weddings. Um, so I'm holding on to him and to the best of my ability, and he's like crying again, throwing a show, and all of a sudden, guys, he goes to bite me, and that's where I lose it. I'm not going to lie. I lost it. I don't like kids like that. I, I barely like kids. I'm not even going to lie. I can't even say I really like kids. I like my kids. I like a few other kids, but I don't like spoiled rotten kids. It's just not my thing. And You know, I'm admitting to this on my podcast. I just, I can't do it, guys. And so he goes to bite me. And I swear to you, I'm sure that I scared the bejesus out of the kid, okay? 
I looked at him straight in the face and I didn't even yell. I didn't nothing. I just literally looked at him. Okay. And this is how you know que le falta disciplina, that all he's missing is discipline. Because I literally looked at him and I was like, you will not bite me, little. I said, I think I said, you will not bite me, sir. You know? And he looked at me with his face and I said, you will not. And he just stopped for like a second and didn't try to bite me the rest of the time. He kept on with his tantrum. He kept crying. He kept wiggling. He kept trying to re get out of my grasp. But he did not ever try to bite me again. Okay. And this was sadly the whole time. Like this continued to transpire throughout the rest of the day. As in like when the mom came out and finished taking her pictures with the bride. Again, this all transpired again in, in less than five minutes. But it was like the worst five minutes of life. Because before that, he was still having the tantrum, but she was with him. And he was having a tantrum. Then when she finally had to leave him, it just got, it escalated. But throughout the rest of the, the ceremony, I mean, it was the same thing. Like this kid was having a tantrum when she had to do her pictures at the church. Like he's like hardcore, hardcore crying. The father is nowhere to be found. I don't even know where the father is at this point. Then we find the father and we realize that he is drunk before the ceremony even started. And he needed to go take a nap. And he resurrected probably at about like 9 p.m. But the mom was left there with both the kids throughout the whole time. So, yeah, you can imagine how this was going. And then worst case than that, this kid later on, as crazy as he is, got himself into the cake and destroyed the couple's wedding cake. Yep. Her nephew destroyed her wedding cake before she cut it. Before she cut it, my dad. Yes, before she cut it. That was story number three. <laughs> and here's story number four for you on part one. How about a groom passing out during the ceremony? <laughs> This was, again, not that long ago. This was October of 2020. Yes, October 2020. Uh, one of the first weddings that we did back um, after the COVID break. And we were doing the ceremony and, and everything was fine. I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with the groom throughout the day. I really have no idea what happened. The bride was a little off. Sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are some times where some brides are a little off. I feel like they're more in their head than present. And so it's very normal. So I always try to make sure that those brides, you know, try to take it in a little bit more. And this bride, again, she was happy, but she was a little out of it. And I, I can always tell, you know, again, when they're not 100% present. So this was definitely her. And so we start the ceremony. Everything's fine. I had to step in. Actually, I was pumping still at the time because I was still breastfeeding. And so I was pumping um, during the ceremony real quick. I'm like, I got to be able to get like some quick 10 minutes in because, you know, if you if you breastfeed or pump, then you, you know how the struggle goes. And so I'm doing that. And all of a sudden I look outside and I'm breastfeeding, pumping like the way that this hotel was set up. Their ceremony was out on the terrace and the room had glass it's like windows so I could see outside. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I just see like I, I can't see the front where the altar was but I could see the back and all of a sudden I just see the photographer and videographer like look back at me and I'm just like this is really odd so I have to again I'm strapped into the pumping thing so if you've done this before then you might understand how this works but I'm literally attached to a machine that is pulling at me um and it I have, I'm wearing this like weird, crazy weird contraption bra thing over my clothes but my shirt my dress is down so like I mean I'm like I'm trying to like wrap myself and put myself back presentable because again I'm I'm all I'm not all, all out there but I'm pretty out there and then on top of all that you don't want your milk to spoil so you got to figure out a way to get not only take the suction things off but close the bottles and put them in the <laughs> Put them in the right spot where you have, you know, your, your cooling stuff, you know, so again, so that your milk doesn't go bad. And so anyways, that happens. And so I do that as fast as humanly possible. And I go outside and the groom had passed out. And I was like, what just happened? 
So I go up to the front of the thing. I just walk up there. The guests are still sitting. Everyone's just kind of like not sure what to do. Thankfully, the groom and the bride caught him. Not the groom, sorry. The best man and the bride caught the groom. And so he's up. He's standing. But like I can tell that he's a little lightheaded. You know, I bring him a chair from like where the people are sitting. He sits down for a few seconds. We all kind of like make like a little circle around him. And like, I'm like, did you, did you eat? Did you this? Did you, did you drink water? Did you just overheat? Like, you know, and, and I, I want to make sure that this is like a point. I say people pass out all the time during weddings. Like I have not the bride and groom. I will say that one. This is the first time I've had um, one of those two pass out. But bridesmaids pass out all the time. Groomsmen pass out all the time. You know, people feel bad and I see them sit down and I tell them, I even tell them in rehearsal or before the wedding starts, I'm like, hey, if you feel bad, just go ahead and excuse yourself and sit down so that you don't cause a spectacle during the ceremony. Like that's literally words that I say during the rehearsal or before the ceremony starts if I didn't do a rehearsal with them so that they know that if they're going to feel bad, that it's better that they sit down than cause a scene. Okay. So like that's how many times it's happened that it's in the words that I physically say. Okay. So again, not uncommon. I think I get him like a piece of candy or something that I had in my fanny pack, you know, my fanny pack and me are life. So if you've ever um, seen me in my fanny pack, uh, it's my Mary Poppins fanny pack. I love her. Um, She weighs like five, seven pounds. I'm not really sure right now. She has five pockets and she's literally, you know, like she's her own human. Um, I love her. And so she's, you know, I, I take whatever the hell I have out of my fanny pack. And then he looks at us and he's like, I can do this. You know, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And he's going to stand up. We're going to keep going. Dude, guys, I can't even tell you. Less than 30 seconds, he passes out again. Okay, and then the bride is pissed at this point. Okay, the second time the bride got pissed. And I'm still very unsure as to why she got upset. Me and my staff have debated why she was so upset. Like, she was she was really upset. Not like, not even like a, I don't know if she was even a tiny bit worried the second time. I can't tell you if she was or wasn't. I can't even really tell you if she was that worried the first time either. She seemed a little upset, a little worried. And then the second time, she seemed really upset and also really embarrassed at this point, which I can understand the embarrassing part. Um, So this time, I'm like, all right, guys, this is it. We're going to pause the ceremony, literally take the groom, thankfully, into that room where the AC was. We sit him down. The hotel brings us food for him. I get him a Coke. I mean, like, whatever I can do here to help get his sugar up, whatever the problem is, you know, he says he ate, he says he drank water, he says he did all of these things, but unless there's something else wrong with him, I have no idea what happened there. And so, whatever, cases, he finally, like, I mean, this one, this one took a while. This this one, again, we didn't do in front of the people. This one took, like, a, a solid probably 10 minutes of us just inside, everyone in the AC, just, like, hanging out there. And then eventually he's like, all right, let's do this. And again, bride has, you know, what we call in Spanish, cara de mierda, which is, you know, sadly shit face the whole entire rest of the ceremony. And, you know, a part of me can't blame her, but I blame her. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I get it. But like at the same time, like put it together, you know, but let's say she couldn't for the ceremony, but still the rest of the day, she had the same shit face on guys. Okay. And like, I wanted to look at her and be like, girl, you got to put it together. Like, that's it. And one of the bridal party, I think it was, was it her, it was her brother. Exactly. It was her brother who was like, who, who like, I don't remember. We, we, he was talking, I can't remember to who, and we were there and he was like, yeah, I'm just going to talk to her to tell her like this day only happens once, once, and she has to get over it and move on because, you know, seriously, 
And I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. I get her. I get him. I'm like, oh, God, Jesus. It was such a terrible situation to be put in the middle of. So that is <laughs> part one of my memoirs of a wedding planner, wedding disasters, part one. Yeah, so that's part one. Uh, I hope you ladies enjoyed it. Um, it is definitely something I'm excited about doing uh, and giving you guys more of my beautiful wedding <laughs> stories um, throughout these podcasts. So I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you, as always, for your love and support. The Breathe 3 Podcast wouldn't be anything without you. Make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe and review the podcast. And make sure to look me up on Instagram at ebjevents or canal.twins to stay up to date on upcoming special events and exciting announcements I might have. See you on the next one.